Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Well, hello, Sister Veritas. Welcome back to season two. Hello, Sister Agnes Day. (laughs) Welcome back to Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. Amen. It's good to be back with you, Sister. It is. It's a real joy. I've enjoyed Amen. Uh, learning how to let love. I know. And I and there's so much more to talk about. So much more. Today we're going to dive into how to let love be the adventure. <sighs> we all want that. We all want adventure. I love adventure. Yeah. I think we all have that bone in our body. Yeah. But what is it exactly? It's a good question. Maybe you have a definition? I have a definition. Absolutely. Adventure, according to the dictionary, is a hazardous or uncertain undertaking. Definition number one. Number two, an unusual or exciting experience. Hmm. Number three, participation uh, in hazardous or exciting experiences. (laughs) It could also be a financial speculation or business venture. Wow. <laughs> I don't do many of those myself, but... <laughs> well, perhaps in the order of grace. Right, right. Yes? Yes. But you know, actually, sister, it reminds me of a little adventure that you and I had. That's right. This I definition. remember that. <laughs> yes. When we were heading down for the March for Life, Washington, D.C., yep. Sisters of Life piled in, three-car caravan. Yep. Of course, what happens... Blew the tire. <laughs> yes. We barely make it into the <laughs> gas station. Yep. Maryland House. Yep. You and I decided to stay back with the with the wounded vehicle. Yeah. Pancake. It was a pancake tire. Pancake tire. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. No. No. So we send the rest of everybody along yep. to get to where they needed to be on time. And we call Frank. I think. Yep. I think. <laughs> at the uh, tow pound. Truck's on the way. But then what? Well, then we look over, bitterly cold also, want to mention that, look over and we hear this, hey sisters, and there's a monk in the gas station. Which is outrageous, (laughs) even though I'm a nun, it's the last thing you expect to see. Exactly. A monk. Fully habited. And he was bearing, he he came over with ground coffee. He's like, sisters, you need some coffee? (laughs) I mean, it was too good to be true. And here, I think too, it's like, no one likes flat, flat tires. No. And here I am. And it was. I was like, you know, this this is this is kind of getting to be a one of those days. Yeah. Um, and yet, I think what I learned in this, and perhaps, sister, you can, I don't know what you learned in this, but um, <laughs> that the greatest adventures find you. Yeah. And. Sure do. This was an adventure that here we are, a flat tire, worst case scenario. We walked away with new friends, new encounters, um we experienced the generosity from so many different people. I think we got, someone gave us a cup of hot chocolate. Someone gave us money for gas. Someone, um, and then this wonderful character um, that came from the towpath. Yeah, I remember him. He pulled up, I think John was his name, mm-hmm. and just shared his story. I mean, the odds, it was like this kind of totally eclectic collection of people Yes. around this flat tire. Yes. He's got the monk, you got two nuns, you got the monk's friend, and then yes. you got John, yes. who was an ex- he recently got out of maximum security prison. Month. It was a month out. Month out, and working for, I think it's his family, doing tow yep. stuff. Yep. And just sharing with us a little bit of 
his experience. Which here I am, as he's sharing his story, I'm like crying mm -hmm. because it's basically he had this huge experience of conversion mm -hmm. um, as he was spending time behind bars and like the goodness in this man's heart mm -hmm. the um the power of his encounter with jesus um in and through this experience and i just remember okay <laughs> i mean again you cannot make this stuff no. up all of us giving each other hugs before we all <laughs> hop in the car and we're on our way and um just i felt i remember feeling so outrageously blessed yeah. by the lord yeah it was his fatherly love was like so tangible in that moment. Super saturated. And, and it's like something you couldn't have anticipated that morning when you woke up. No. This amazing, really adventure, meeting these new friends and incredible uh, stories. And yeah, you just, like you said, it's like, can't make it up. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think, um, gosh, I want to crack this open. Yeah. Because in a sense, life, by its very nature... Um, in its uh, fragility and in mm -hmm. its uh, opportunities and in all the dimensions that life can find, by its very definition, is an adventure. Amen. Um, so why don't we pray? Yeah, let's pray. You want to go for it, sister? I'll go for it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness, your blessings to us. Thank you, Lord, for giving this gift of the adventure of life to us. We ask you, Lord, to reveal yourself um, in all your, your plans and designs for us and help us to, uh, to em embrace you, embrace this, um, this gift you've given us. We ask you to open our hearts, open our minds to receive your word to us. We pray uh, to our, uh, asking for the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, adventure. It's exciting. I mean, I was, I was thinking a lot about People, like, are really into this, you know? Mm -hmm. Even, like, extreme adventures. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of learn a couple of those kind of adventures. Like, you know, obviously skydiving and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, but I heard of one, Fire Limbo. No kidding. Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that happen? I'm not entirely sure, but I saw a picture and it happened. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. Swimming with sharks. Night volcano trekking. That's yeah. exciting stuff. It's exciting, but it's like people want this. People are up for it. You know? Yeah. And they, they pay money for it. Yeah. They want it. They fly great distances to get there. Yeah. Well, and it is. I mean, look at our history. I know we already talked about Ernest Shackleton, you oh, know, yeah. trying to conquer the the poles and the Arctics and whatnot and the folly there. But think of the incredible adventures that man has taken on, mm -hmm. um, even in recent history, right? Um, I mean, we landed on the moon. Yeah. Who dreamed that one up? I don't like, know. Like, thinking about throwing a couple guys in a rocket ship, blasting through the atmosphere, and landing on the moon. Right. And we did it. Right. That's a dream come true. It's amazing. And that was a long time ago, before was technology was as good as it is now. <laughs> right? Computers took up whole rooms. I know. <laughs> can't imagine. <laughs> Amen, right? What else? I mean, there's... Um, 
uh, Edmund Hillary. Mm. I don't really know much about him. Actually, I know nothing about him, but mm. I know he conquered Mount Everest, the tallest peak in the world. It's incredible. And I mean, people people have lost their lives on Mount Everest. Like yes. it's it's a it's a big deal. Daring to try. Yeah. Or you think about Charles Lindbergh, mm-hmm. flying solo across the Atlantic, um, or Matthew Webb. He's like, I'm going to take on the English Channel. I'm going to swim that thing. It's amazing. I mean, what is this in the human heart, in the human spirit that loves to take on mm. um, adventure, mm. challenge, mm-hmm. uh, the dare that mm-hmm. life can bring? Mm-hmm. Or even I like to think of the daily adventures. Yes. <laughs> the daily dares. You know, when I see young couples traveling with, like, three young children, yep. I'm like, God bless you, you heroic souls. They are. I mean, they're, they're hauling, like, 18 different strollers and apparatuses <laughs> to take care of these little ones. It's courageous. It is. It is. I mean, even a trip to the grocery store with kids is an adventure. It's an adventure. In itself, you know, especially if there's a meltdown in the aisle, you know, <laughs> all these things. My, my sister was telling me she's got five boys and she's she's trying to make them homemade pop tarts that's so good that in the midst of that like i'd be happy just to get you know some sort of semblance of food on the on the <laughs> table and like a few clothes washed and she's like she's taking on the adventure of creativity in cuisine it's amazing for these little boys who probably don't have a no difference right <laughs> <laughs> mercy well what kind of adventures did you go on sister well, you know, I, I have to say, first, I, I remember devouring, like, the adventure books, you know? Ooh. You know, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Swiss Family Robinson, Treasure Island, yep. Robin Hood. Um, but I, one, of, <laughs> one of my personal adventures I remember the most was when I lived in Australia uh, for a year when I was nine. My whole family went down, which was an adventure in itself. Wow. When I think about our parents taking us to Australia, three kids under the age of nine... Anyway, it's courageous. It's amazing. But I remember going to this place. It's kind of how adventure finds you, called Gippsland, and they literally pile us on a bus. We didn't really know where we were going. The kids in the school. Mm-hmm. We went for four days to this place, and it's like we find ourselves climbing up eucalyptus trees and zip lining. And there's this dead wombat and <laughs> fields full of kangaroos. How delightful! It was fabulous, and it's like I never, I never, I didn't know it was coming. It was mm. complete surprise. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it had found me, you know, and I'll never forget it. How adventure finds you. Yeah, yeah. How about you? you... Well, no, I was totally, grew up a Star Wars junkie, Mm -hmm. um, Lord of the Rings, Nancy Drew books. Loved it. Boxcar children books. I mean, that was way back when. Um, But even growing up in rural Maine, Mm -hmm. it was God's playground, Mm -hmm. you know? So we'd go to the, the... tractor you know farm store and get the inner tube tires of the giant tractors blow those things up and then we'll float down the river for miles and miles and miles that's awesome it was awesome and you know you'd find the turtles along the way and someone's inner tube would pop and you'd have to do some (laughs) emergency you know bailing or you know collaborating um but the adventure yeah finding you and um just being in it for the sake of being in it, mm-hmm. um, giving yourself over to it mm-hmm. and letting life surprise you mm-hmm. um, or cliff jumping or rope swinging or all the dangerous things um, we probably shouldn't have done, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they were there for us. And um, or even throwing rocks. I remember spending hours as a kid just throwing rocks in a pond. Now, I don't know what that's about, <laughs> 
but at the time it was an incredible adventure. Yes. Um, but I think ultimately, sister, when I um, step back and think about adventure, I know what's become deeply true for me in my life, and I think for for most, is the great adventure of love mm-hmm. as the ultimate adventure yeah. that we can find ourselves in, fight for, um, labor within. Um, yeah, the yeah. adventure of love. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's what we want. Like our desire for that adventure mm. touches on our, our desire for greatness. Mm. And not just greatness, but a great love, actually. Mm. And, we're, and the amazing things, we're made for that, mm. you know? There's a great quote from Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. He said, the world offers you comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Um, and like you're saying, this great adventure of love. Mm. Well, even, uh, I love the quote, sister, Mm -hmm. and to take it just into the heart of what this is all about, that this is the human vocation. Like, this is what the human person, one's life, is made to reveal. This great uh, love, right? Mm -hmm. Love in itself is the human vocation. Mm -hmm. Which, again, can you take another quote from... Yeah, the, I can take another. Point. The holy man that preceded Benedict. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. John Paul II, uh, from this beautiful document, um, Familiaris Consortio. Um, it speaks to the reality that man, um, the human person, is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. But God is love. Mm-hmm. And we've been made in the image and likeness of this love. We will not rest if we are not laboring in this self-gift. And this is what he says. He says, God created man in his own image and likeness, calling him to existence through love. He called him at the same time for love. Mm. God is love, and in himself he lives a mystery of personal loving communion, creating the human race in his own image and continually keeping it in being is what God, God is continually keeping us in being, that God inscribed in the humanity of man and woman the vocation and thus the capacity and responsibility of love and communion. He says, love is therefore the fundamental and innate vocation of every human being. Wow. Wow. Heart and center. Wow. Can we just say that again? Sorry. (laughs) So... Hit it, sister. Love is therefore the fundamental and innate vocation of every human being. Do you know how reassuring that is to me? Yeah. That when I wake up in the morning, and even if I feel miserable, (laughs) and I'm still waking up, I know what my vocation is. Yeah. Whatever my state in life is, Mm -hmm. um, I'm called to love. Mm -hmm. To love, to be loved, to live in love. To receive that gift of of a God who is always holding me Mm -hmm. and continually giving me to myself. Wow. And it's like, that's what I'm made for. I have purpose. Yeah. It's fabulous. Yeah. It's absolutely fabulous. Yeah. And even in that, sister, it's like that my life isn't something I have to figure out, Mm -hmm. that it's not something for me to approach as a project, Mm -mm. that it's actually this great adventure Mm -hmm. in love. It's something, um, certainly we have pursuits and we have dreams and we we are animated and thrown into life um, 
as if we let our desires lead and guide us. And these beautiful desires to love actually come from God. Mm-hmm. And they lead us and drive us into engaging and embracing this great call to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. That life is an adventure, and with Christ, mm-hmm. it is this sweet adventure of love. Yeah. And, and receiving the gift of that, it's mm. like it actually drives out any possibility of boring. Because Amen. Because it's, it's an adventure, you know? When you receive, when it's open hands and receiving, and you're not trying to fabricate something, it's actually impossible to be bored living, wow. living this adventure of love. Well, and I would say, I've, I don't know if I've said it before, but mm-hmm. a lot of people will ask me, gosh, you know, you've, you've been in the convent for like 13 years. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever get bored? <laughs> And it's, I have, I do, I laugh. I really, I have to stop myself from laughing in their faces (laughs) because I have not been bored a moment, not a nanosecond since entering and seeking to receive this great adventure that God has called me into. Yep. Which kind of, I don't know, sister, it might be kind of fun to tell our own stories. Yeah. Our vocation stories. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, I don't think in full, and certainly we can't tell the the full versions, but maybe we could give like the five to seven minute soundbite or something. That sounds great. Do you want to kick us off? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible. Put on the spot. No, I'm happy. It's always a gift to share. Um, Well, I I grew up in Canada. I'm going to time myself here. (laughs) I grew up in Canada. Uh, Cold. It's cold there. And I lived in a relatively normal Catholic family. Um, in the sense that we went to mass on Sunday, prayed before meals, but that was kind of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my dad stayed home and took care of us. My mom worked, but yeah. And, and so just growing up and, and my parents really tried to instill in us like good always wins over evil and being cool is being yourself. And I remember being shocked talking to my, uh, my cousin and she didn't know that being cool is being yourself. I'm like, what? You don't know that? <laughs> I, I just thought everybody knew that, but learned that they didn't. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, yeah, not, like, really deep into the faith or anything. But I remember um, sixth grade, and I was dressing up for the All Saints Day party um, at the parish, putting on my bed sheets in the hallway. And... Uh, Mother Teresa was my costume. And uh, this thought came across my heart. You're going to be a nun. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, no. Like, not (laughs) interested. Like, Mm -hmm. no. It was scary. Mm -hmm. And I just shoved it down as far as possible and tried to ignore it and live my life. Because it's crazy. That was sixth grade? Yeah. Wow. Sixth grade. So I tried to keep on going, living my life. Um, And... um, end of junior high, early high school, my parents kind of experienced like this reversion to the faith. And they mm-hmm. started like um, going to like daily mass and adoration, confession, reading all these books. Um, and I remember noticing like they're different. Like there's like this new light in them. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know, not, they were excellent parents before, but it was like something was new and really good. Wow. And I was like, whatever they have, I want that. So I started reading um, all these books that they had purchased, <laughs> like Scott Hahn, Patrick Madrid. Because I was like, well, I, I want to know what I believe, you know? Mm. Um, and um, I remember just my heart being, like, totally captivated, like, just burning with the beauty of truth, like, reading what the church taught and what scripture taught. And it was like, 
it was like this whole new world opened up for me mm. that I didn't even know existed. Um, and it was like this, like, I'm all in. Like, I've got it. Like, this is, wow. like, there's no going back. If I know this is really true, there's no going back. Um, and so I remember, um, yeah, basically end of high school, going into university, um, taking biology, planning, I mean, taking all my prerequisites for medicine. And uh, we're going to university and, um, yeah, kind of looking and, and making this, I had made this decision to not hang out with my high school friends anymore because they were kind of getting into partying. And I was like, I don't think they look happy mm. and I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't, happiness isn't that way, but try something else. Mm-hmm. So I, I went into the university, big, basically um, secular state school, like 35,000 people. Wow. And, uh, and I didn't know anybody. I felt like a number. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. wait, I do know someone. And his name is Jesus. He's in the tabernacle. <laughs> and so I'd go between my labs and all that. And I'd go and sit in front of the, in this little itty-bitty chapel in front of Jesus in the tabernacle. I had purchased a Bible, splurged, $22. And I started to pray. Um, and really to encounter, like, him actually wow. loving me. And it was like another world opened up. Like the first world it opened up was like the beauty of truth and like intellectually a lot. But this world was like the world of my heart. Mm. And it brought me to like new vistas that it was like, I didn't even know that was in there in my heart. And this whole time, I mean, even from from sixth grade on, it always had this kind of re-bubbling of this call mm-hmm. to religious life. And I was mm-hmm. like, kept being like, no, no, no. Um, and, uh, but as I kind of started to fall in love with, with Jesus in the Eucharist and the church, it was like kept, becoming stronger and stronger mm-hmm. and um and I couldn't it was like I couldn't get away from it and you know when the little old ladies at mass would pray like we pray for, for vocations to the priesthood <laughs> and religious life I'd be like stop it stop it that drove me <laughs> oh, no. crazy oh, no. you know and I was just like no I'm getting married and you know I'd be like him I choose him <laughs> get married to him Anyway, that's not how you do that. But anyway, <laughs> but I was just, I was running. I was running and I knew I was fighting God. And and finally one day um, in the chemistry building, really ugly building on an uncomfortable bench. And I was wrestling with Jesus in my heart. And, and I was like, Jesus, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is what you want, like, okay. Like, okay, I'll be a sister. And I remember in that moment, just this peace and this joy I had never experienced before in my life. Wow. And I, I felt I was more myself in that moment than I had ever been before. Wow. Um, and just like this surrender to him that just um, kind of set me free in this new way. And yeah, making a long story short, um, <laughs> <laughs> but just going and um, yeah, just really like I, I get to be a sister. I just wanted to tell people like in my biology class you know, and turn to them and say, you know, get to be a sister, but they would have been freaked out. So I didn't. Um, but I, amazing. yeah, but my friend Katie told me about the sisters of life. She met them at world youth day. Um, and it really just resonated in my heart. And it, you know, there's that moment, you know, getting on the plane from Edmonton, Alberta to New York, which was the last place I ever wanted to go yeah. ever, ever in my whole life with you on that. Yeah. And, and I was on the plane. I'm like thinking, I'm going to visit nuns. Because I want to be one. What? <laughs> you know? It's crazy. It is crazy. But but really, like, the experience of letting, I mean, letting go and letting love, actually. And um, 
it was it, it it has been hands down the biggest adventure of my life wow you know and just but it it's like that's like the how i got there but the adventure is still unfolding mm. like every day every year it's like things i never would have dreamed of and the way the lord's brought my heart in this adventure of love um and just experiencing myself as his wow. as his loved one wow um, yeah yeah so that's a very, very short version. It's powerful, yeah. sister. Yeah. Well, and how you, you and you and the Lord sharing lives, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yours with Him and His with yours, mm-hmm. and the beauty and gift of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like He found you. He found me. I I was fighting wow. tooth and nail for like ten years. Wow. And He found me. And and I prayed. I prayed a prayer, Lord, if this is what you want, put a burning desire in my heart for it. And He did. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And He yeah. He's faithful. He's never outdone in generosity. Wow. But, but I'd love to hear your story, sister. Gosh. Well, and it is. I, it's like I feel like I have a lot of different versions depending on which part of the adventure mm-hmm. uh, you can emphasize. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, yeah, the Lord, he's, he's never outdone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the long and the short of it. Um, I was born number seven of eight. I'm a twin. I have a twin sister, and um, I grew up in rural Maine, and uh, my mom was a faithful Catholic, uh, but my father, he uh, converted to Catholicism, actually, um, pretty late into the marriage, I think 15, 20 years into mm-hmm. the marriage, and and I would say I, live, I grew up in a rural setting, so it wasn't necessarily a... Um, a culture of faith, but of great goodwill and of beautiful community. Mm. And as I look back, I also see just how the natural world and the beauty and the stillness and the silence um, of the beauty of Maine uh, just formed my heart and taught me how to listen. I didn't, I probably wouldn't have, uh, at the time I didn't know it was God, but again, how, how he can find his way so deeply. Mm in those places and how your heart can be spoken to and shaped and formed in and through stillness and silence and the quiet you can find. And so I did, gosh, what an adventure. Um, I went to public school, um, except I went to Catholic school for one year in third grade and homeschooled one year in fifth grade, uh, which actually were poignant, poignant moments, um, memorable. Everything along the way touches and shapes you. Like I look back and it's just, it's almost like bumper bowling, you know? It's like God <laughs> put the bumpers up, and even if you're reeling like a crazy ball down the, the lane, he is going to bounce you back mm. um, into his love, into his grace. And I see that. I see his gentle, merciful arms um, just constantly drawing me to himself. And I would say in high school, I had some good Christian friendships that, again, kind of that I saw people living a life with Christ, and it was very powerful to me. Mm. I wanted what they had. Um, I had big dreams. I, I have to say I was very competitive. I was very driven. Um, there was a real fire in my heart. Um, I wanted a lot out of life. And um, and yet God was so faithful, you know, through different injuries in, in high school and and different opportunities in relationships. Um, I remember choosing a college because I wanted to come to know the Lord. Mm. Um, I wanted, in a sense, to come to know my faith. Um, 
And so I went to Catholic University of America. I studied nursing. And those four years radically changed my life. I just found uh, other young people who were asking the same questions as I was. You know, how am I called to love and be loved? Who is God? Um, is he for real? Uh, learning how to pray. Learning, oh my gosh, there's daily mass. Who knew? Um, and starting to go and drink in the word of God and encounter Christ truly present in the Eucharist and being drawn into this love. Meeting Our Lady, um, beginning to pray the rosary daily and the peace, the inflow of peace in the life of the Holy Spirit, truly. It's like I just dramatic and powerful graces. Um, I met John Paul II and his philosophies, his, his uh, exhortation to young people, I came to know myself as gift. Mm. I wasn't just a thing. I wasn't a cog in the wheel. I wasn't just something and someone who had to do a lot to achieve or to find worth or value. But I was a gift and I was loved. And at the time, that was radical. Mm. And it was incredible. It was kind of earth-shaking. It was an interior earthquake to realize that. And I think as you receive love and as you come to know the Lord, again, this this birth of expansive generosity. Mm. And I was like, Lord, whatever you want. You know, like marriage is beautiful. Religious life, I, I, I met my first sisters, so to speak. I had never really met religious. And so that whole possibility opened up. And I would say, though, too, it's like there was a real wrestling match because, like, for there was a real season that I wanted to just figure it out. I wanted to know. I wanted to pull it down and take it apart. And the Lord had to really, um, he had to be like, chill out, <laughs> chill out, uh, because uh, the adventure of love mm-hmm of grace, of life, is something you receive. Mm -hmm. And I think in my own discernment and vocational journey, he had to constantly kind of pull me back to just receive, Mm -hmm. not to grasp, but to open my hands. And when I did, wow, the majesty in which he unfolded Mm -hmm. his plans of love for my life. And it was um, after college, I graduated, I worked as an ICU nurse, and it was late on a night shift that... I knew a door opened in my heart, an invitation to walk through, um, a blessed encounter with a a really good spiritual director uh, who told me to go be quiet before the Lord, to ask to know the deepest desires of my heart, and then simply to listen. Mm. And when I prayed those prayers um, uh, just before Mass, um, I knew the Lord was asking me to receive him in a new way as I went out for Holy Communion. And sure enough, as I was praying my thanksgiving with the Lord, he pulled back the veil of my heart, and I heard this beautiful invitation. Um, Consecrated life for the Sisters of Life, will you come? And my whole being erupted in this, yes. In a sense, I knew this is what I had been made for. Mm. It was my blueprint. Mm. It was like every little molecule in me Mm. um, felt like it won the lottery. (laughs) And... um, and yeah, I entered 13 years ago, you know, everything else paled. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a great job. I had great friends. Um, life was on track and God totally barged in. And I have to say, like, um, yeah, I love him more today than I did yesterday. I can't believe I get to live this gift and to receive uh, his invitation in this particular vocation. And even though I would say it wasn't it was a real surprise. It was a real surprise. Uh, but he is never outdone. 
and I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. Um, as, I, as I do my lousy best to let love be the adventure and mm-hmm. to receive that adventure from uh, the hands of God, from the heart of the Father. So, I don't know. That was probably too long. No, it was sister. You, I was, I was, I listened to every bit. It was like, <laughs> it was so powerful. I love how you talk about not needing to figure it out to yes. receive it. Because I think that's a, a lie that we can all kind of fall into. Is I have to do it. I have to figure it out. Yeah. And actually, it's like let him, let him. Yeah. 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 Let him unfold it. Well, and I think it just brings. I think. I don't know, a focus to human vocation, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're all called to love. um, And uh, when we wake up, love is ready to give himself Mm -hmm. to us. And I think whether you're in a committed vocation, your Mm -hmm. permanent vocation, or whether you're finding your way in that, um, just a few things that I know have been super helpful to me in allowing that Mm -hmm. adventure to unfold. Mm -hmm. The first, vulnerability. Yep. What do you think? Yep. I think it's very essential because it's, you ha- it's living in a posture that I'm not in charge. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing, I'm open to receiving what, what will, you know, the road that opens before me. And that's scary. It's scary. It's scary. And, and we talked about it in a previous issue, but I mean, vulnerability means that there's a chance I might be hurt, mm. you know, but mm-hmm. it's that... Yeah. And yet in this case, it's willing to be wounded by love himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wounded by um by love, mm-hmm. which is what our hearts long for. Mm-hmm. Um that wound of love that um in a positive sense. Yeah. Um Yeah. It's prerequisite. Yeah. I think you've got to be open. You've mm-hmm. got to be uh mm-hmm. willing to receive. Mhm. And to let yourself be seen by mm. him who loves you. You're talking about the blueprint of your soul. It's like, you know, often we can try to hide from the Lord or, yes. you know. But it's like to actually let ourselves be seen, which is a vulnerable thing. It's very, um, yes. But then when we're seen, then we are known. Amen. And able to receive that love. It's almost like a willingness, a mutual exposition. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about how the Lord, we expose the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. He opens his whole heart to us. Mm, that's beautiful. And in, and in a sense, to seek to return yeah. myself in that way. Yeah. To open my heart. And know when you're before the Blessed Sacrament, you're, this, you're in the safest place. Yeah. Um, there is no uh, possibility of being uh, anything but loved, mm-hmm. that the Lord is seeking to embrace you, mm-hmm. you're safe. It's a safe place to expose your heart. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't know how to do anything else but love you. Ugh. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's amazing. Well, and it's what begets exchange, self-gift, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Whether this is in marriage, whether this is in consecrated life, um, whether this is you and the Lord in your relationship, mm-hmm. um, it begets this this possibility mm-hmm. of exchange, mm-hmm. heart to heart, yeah. of love, which is what we all desire. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, in a sense, commitment. 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 It's the word people are scared of. It's a scary word. But actually, it's one of the most freeing words around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and even this, okay, hearkening back to John Paul II, mm-hmm. he says this. He says, love consists of a commitment which limits one. F- one's freedom Mm -hmm. 
All right, true, right? If I'm going to choose one love, it means I do. Lesser loves have to fall away. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet he says, it is a giving of the self. And to give oneself means just that. Um, We limit our freedom on behalf of another. And he says this, limitation of one's freedom might seem to be something negative and unpleasant, but love makes it a positive, joyful, and creative thing. Mm. He goes as far as to say that freedom exists for the sake of love. Wow. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And it's, I mean, I don't know your experience too, but like I have to say there's something about commitment. Mm. Like when I profess final vows, Mm. something changed. There was a difference. Amen, sister. And it was like I was actually able to love and to be loved, and the Lord is able to do things in my heart and my life that he couldn't until I made that commitment, until I said, until death. Whoa. which is what we profess in final vows until death you know and it, it actually like it there's a freedom that comes with it that you can't manufacture or get any other way actually than by the risk or the adventure mm-hmm. of giving yourself away in love well, um, definitively you know forever till yeah. death it's it's stunning well and even as i think about leading up towards that commitment yeah final profession mm-hmm. um we have we spend it's an eight-year process for us as sisters yeah. um and i think even looking at engaged couples that time of preparation is so sacred mm-hmm. that time where you lean in you're vulnerable you ask the hard questions i know pre-cana these <laughs> these uh these programs that are intended to help couples kind of live in a transparency before mm-hmm. each other and before God so that they are free to make that commitment in the same way. Yes, uh, the the eight-year process, three years in formation, five years in um, as a junior professed sister, living in those vows, mm-hmm. it's um, it all was a beautiful preparation. And yet I know in my, my years leading up to that, you're mm-hmm. profoundly vulnerable. Very vulnerable. You're vulnerable, and yet it's that vulnerability mm-hmm. that actually ennobles every little corner of my heart to get accessed and opened mm-hmm. towards being able to make this lifelong mm-hmm. commitment and freedom. And that was, yes, something happened. It happened. And the access that God gained yeah. as, yes, in that, that yeah. act of final profession and that commitment it's like the love in my heart, and I think if you ask any couple, mm-hmm. ask them as an engaged couples or as they're married, um, it takes a lifetime to reveal the love mm-hmm. that I know mm-hmm. is in my heart mm-hmm. um, and the love that I long to profess mm-hmm. with my whole life. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's almost, if you, I mean, if you could be so bold in saying, but like the greatest adventures are impossible without commitment. Mm. You know, you think of the astronauts getting on the the ship. Yep. It, like, there's a point at which there's no return. you got to get <laughs> on the commitment. ship. <laughs> yes. And there ain't no turning back. No. Like, you're going to the moon. Wow. And, and you just, it's like, there's that, there is. It, it's, it's, there's an impossibility in a certain sense mm-hmm. of true adventure, of, of great adventure um, without commitment. And it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth every moment. Ugh. Everything, every, like you think about whatever, hike, a safari, every like stumble, you get back up. Like yeah. you, it's, it's worth it. It's worth choosing for, it's worth fighting for. Yeah. Well, and even, can I hit you with another quote? And then yeah. I'm, okay, John yeah, Paul yeah, II, love, love and Responsibility. It's an awesome book. If, you're, if you want to get philosophical in the, in the beauty, the art and science of authentic human love, 
But love, he says, is never something ready-made, something merely given to man and woman. It is always at the same time a task which they are set. Love should be seen as something which in a sense never is, but is always only becoming. Wow. And what it becomes depends upon the contribution of both persons and the depth of their commitment. Wow. So it's becoming. As we, I love this. The true adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lifelong adventure of love. Yeah. That we're called to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I think we witnessed this. I remember walking into a house um, with a couple. They'd been married 65 years. <laughs> Sister, I can't even tell you the peace in that house. Mm. They had met, I think, before World War II. They were married. They were telling war stories. The care and reverence in which they treated each other, mm. um, their, their oneness of heart and mind and spirit, and yet also two distinct individuals who, in a sense, you could see that they had reached their potential um, in one another, mm. and yet distinctly as persons. It was the most beautiful contrast, and the peace in the house, I could have cut it with a knife. I felt so safe. It was a sanctuary. Wow. It was a sanctuary. Wow. And it, I mean, it's it's so powerful and beautiful to hear stories like that, and just the witness. I mean, of great of the great adventures of love. Like obviously the saints. Like you think yes. of Mother Cabrini getting on the ship to sail to America. You think of um, other saints like that. Amen. <laughs> well, you think of yeah, like um, Damien of Molokai. You think yes. of Charles Luanga. You, I mean, every saint has an adventure story, actually. Amen. Um, even if it seems like a saint that's cloistered or doesn't get out much, every saint, um, their life is an adventure story. Um, and it's, it's powerful and it's beautiful, you know? And it's, it's, and I think, I mean, just we're called to that. We're made for that. We're made for greatness. And, and it, how often do we, do we kind of operate like used car salesmen to ourselves, <laughs> you know, selling broken down versions of ourselves to ourselves, yeah. right? We settle for less all the time. Yeah. We, we so often, I mean, I can speak for myself. We live at a fraction of what we are meant to be. Amen. Um, and it's how often it's because we don't have the courage to step out in faith, you know, believing that love invites me personally. Yes. To greatness, yes. to union with himself, you know, believing that love is the greatest adventure ever. Um, and that's what we're made for. Amen. You know, and it's like, let's, let's, let's not set the bar low anymore. Let's do it. You know? Gosh, sister. Yeah. I'm, I want to, let's crush it. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> crush it. <laughs> sister, before we go. Before we go. What do you think? Oh, I'm on the spot again. Um, I think pray, I, I just invite all of us to pray for the eyes to see the little adventures that Jesus is offering in our day. So yeah. tomorrow, Jesus, how fun, help me have the eyes to see the adventure you offer me in this day. That's yeah. That's what I'd say. Amen. What about you? I want to back you up here, sister, <laughs> because precisely asking for the grace I think when I look at my own life and the lifelong adventure of love and I look at every life around me or those that I, my heroes in love, um, they received the -hmm. adventure. Mm -hmm. They didn't take it. They didn't grasp it. Mm -hmm. um, They didn't try to figure it out. They had actually the greater courage to, yeah, step out with intention um, and receive in faith, Mm -hmm. look in faith to receive 
the the invitation that love was presenting in each moment. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the challenge is to live in the present moment mm-hmm. and to live receiving mm-hmm. um, with a with a asking for the grace to look with faith wow. to the Father, um, with trust mm-hmm. that He has a great plan, mm-hmm. a fulfilling plan for you in this moment and then the next and then the next that's awesome i love that sister amen amen Amen. well should we close in a prayer let's close with a prayer in the name of the father and the son the holy spirit amen father we thank you for being here with us we thank you for the gift of love that you've given to us in your son jesus we ask that we live um in likeness of your Son, Father, receiving ourselves from you totally in each moment, trusting in your love, uh, trusting in your provident care, and uh, returning ourselves as a gift of love according to your holy will. We ask for courage, grace, and light in in receiving ourselves from you, Father. And uh, we ask Uh, just for the help of all the saints, all the angels and saints, that they might pray for us, cheer us on. And we thank you ahead of time, Father, for blessing us today. As we say, glory be to the Father, to the the Son, Son, to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Your Son, Holy Spirit. Such a gift to be with you all, and we're praying for you. Real joy. God bless you. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.